Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach at EIG. Today we're going to be talking about empowerment, women empowerment specifically, ways that women can get involved both personally and professionally in leadership roles, how women can be their best selves and feel confident in their abilities. We'll be talking with two women who have exemplified this in their personal and professional careers, and we'll share with you two women leadership resource groups that you can look into to help you be your best self. My first guest is Mary Burke, founder of the nonprofit Building Brave. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks so much, Jill, for having me. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're excited to have you here. Building Brave's tagline is Connect, Inspire, Empower. Your goal is to become a global online community of supportive women who are connecting and empowering each other. That sounds fantastic. So exciting. So tell us how this all came about. Jill, if you had asked me five years ago about this topic and the possibility that I would do something like this, I, I would have said you're crazy. It was not something that I had planned or even that I was aware of a need. And the impetus for it goes back to December 2014. And in November 2014 is when I lost the election for governor of Wisconsin. And just after that, I read a book called The Confidence Code. And what they talked about in the book was the role that confidence, if you think about confidence as being our belief in ourselves and our ability, the role that confidence plays in our lives every single day and how that compares with competence, which is our actual abilities. So our belief in our abilities um, versus our actual abilities. And what they show is that our belief in ourselves and our abilities can be more important, more impactful than our actual abilities. And you think about being in a meeting. Lots of times I'm in meetings where there is someone who I know is so smart and has great ideas, but never says a word. And likewise, there'll be people around the table who I know have absolutely no clue what they're talking about, but they're saying it with such passion. And you look around the table and people are nodding. That passion piece. Yeah, that passion piece. That competence. And the other thing that the book talked about was the difference between men and women. And for men, on average, their belief in themselves is higher than their actual abilities. So their belief in their abilities, their confidence, exceeds their actual competence. Now, most men I talk to and share this with actually agree with me. Really? So, right, yes. I would think they take offense to that, but not no, so. No, huh? no, no. Okay. They're like, yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. Um, and unfortunately for women, it's the exact opposite. Mm. We underestimate our abilities. There's no difference in abilities between men and women. There is a big difference in how we perceive, how we think of ourselves. And when I, when I read this and then I thought about it, I just believed something has to be done about that. And it's not that we're born any different. This isn't genetic. This is just conditioning that we receive. 
um, over the years, and it basically starts out the minute we pop out of the womb. Uh, and so I started talking with, with women that I would, I would meet about this and they're like, yeah, Mary, do something. We're behind you. And I'm like, oh no, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing that. But as I, but as I talked to more and more women, I realized it was more and more of an issue. And you think about it in going after jobs. Uh, it is really important and, uh, and the research backs up these points. So what it shows is that for men on average, if men check um, just over half the boxes in any of the desired qualifications in a job listing, they'll say, oh, I can totally nail it. And they'll go after it. And they'll believe they can really do it and that they're the best person for that job. Women, though, if there's just one or two qualifications they don't check, mm. They don't think they're qualified and they won't go after it. And so this is about our belief in ourselves. And there's a lot of biases out there. There's a social conditioning that I talk to. But in the end, uh, we need to believe in ourselves. And so I reflected on my experience in running for governor. I was a business person. I wasn't a politician. I had basically not run for anything before that time. And I found myself, I took that, that leap. I didn't just find myself, but I took that leap of stepping way, way out of my comfort zone and, and running for governor. And I remember the first day. It was the day after I announced I was running. It was a press conference in Milwaukee in Cathedral Square. And we drive up and... Uh, I look out into the park, and I see this enormous gaggle of of cameras and reporters. And later, my communications director, when I recount this story, he's like, Mary, it wasn't that big. (laughs) But if you have never done a press conference before, believe me, three or four reporters and a few cameras seems like a big deal. And I looked down, and I was just physically shaking. I had never been more scared in my entire life. And I remember taking 10 deep breaths. And I opened up that car door. And all I focused on was walking up that sidewalk, projecting confidence. Mm. But in my mind, all I'm thinking is, what the hell have I gotten (laughs) myself into? And it was scary. In those first few months, I felt like I was out there all alone with the whole world judging me on what I said, on how I looked, and how I acted. And, uh, and I wasn't used to being put in that position. Uh, and uh, it was really uncomfortable, but every day I just had to get up there and go out and do it. And what I found as I did it more and more I got more comfortable. I got more confident in myself. But I could never have done it if I didn't realize that I wasn't out there all alone. I had an enormous support group every single place um, that I went. And so that's when I, when I reflected on what I had read in the book about um, women and our belief in ourselves and our abilities and what I, how I had grown and how my belief in myself and what I was capable of love grew over the 13 months of that campaign, I just realized we can do something about this, and we should. And that's when I decided to start Building Brave. 
Well, you know, they say that, uh, I'm thinking about your your comment before when people told you you're crazy, (laughs) and they say that that's a sign of of great entrepreneurial spirit. You know, uh, Karen Ellenbecker will tell that story about she had so many ideas, and she would lay them out there to her her cohorts or her, you know, her, her inner circle, if you will, and they kept telling her, you're crazy, you're crazy, but she would go ahead and do it anyway, and it just has been success after success because she felt she believed that she could do it and that is so important again we talk about collaboration and bringing together resources and that's just that's so important we are so happy that you followed uh, that prompting actually more and more companies are becoming aware that it makes good business sense for them to support women who are succeeding in the workplace when we return we'll talk about some of the challenges that companies face and how building brave is stepping in to help we'll be right back You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm sitting here talking with Mary Burke from Building Brave. So we know that more and more businesses are stepping up and finding ways to support successful women in the workplace, but there are some challenges associated with that. So Mary, can you elaborate on what those might be? I'd love to, and I think a little context is there is this growing awareness that that women are not achieving their potential in the workplace, and there is more that can be done about it. You have people like Warren Buffett speaking out and saying America's economy is suffering because only 50% of our workforce is really achieving their potential. And so it's great to see so many companies and more and more every day saying, well, how can we support? We want to see our workforce thrive. And we understand that there are some additional challenges that that women face. And how can we help better support that? And so um, we, we talked about the about going after jobs and how there is a different approach to understanding your own capabilities and your own potential. And so one of the things that has proven to be um, very effective uh, is mentoring and the role that that plays. Uh, There's also workshops and training. Uh, There is a lot that a lot of tools out there, but lots of times women uh, are not in a position to be able to access them, to feel that it's a safe place where they can address the concerns that they have. And that's one of the reasons that I feel um, that with Building Brave, we are all about connecting, inspiring, and empowering women. Our Where we're focused is a mobile community. Uh, I held strategy sessions with women. Uh, when I got this idea and I decided to move forward, I held five strategy sessions between Milwaukee and Madison. I had over 100 women uh, and laid out my idea. And I thought it would be grassroots groups forming all around the state. And uh, they loved the idea. They loved the mission. But they said, Mary, you've got to reach us where we're at. And we have busy lives. And you've got to fit into that busy life. And we already have organizations that we are able to connect with face-to-face. But what we don't have is that type of connections that we can utilize if we're, we have five minutes waiting for a doctor's appointment or, or just first thing in the morning. Because the moment at which we need that extra bit of support and inspiration um, may not wait 
until we have a meeting. We may not have time to do a webinar on that or, or get a book. Um, so the resources that are easily accessible at the touch of a fingertip is where Building Brave focuses. We are a mobile app, and, uh, and that's the platform in which we think we can best collaborate with organizations that are already reaching women. And what we have heard from, from um, groups, corporations, we have a pilot going at Quad Graphics right now, we are in discussions with, with Northwestern Mutual, is providing a tool, this mobile app, that can better leverage the great work that's already going on in the workplace to bring that type of mentoring and inspiration, tools, resources, and tips at the point at which women really need them. And I think that's key because although Milwaukee uh, businesses may be open to professional and, and personal support and training and seminars, that all takes time, time away from, uh, you know, what we need to accomplish in a day. So, uh, you know, a mobile app or podcast, you know, how important podcasts are, you know, they're just, we are doing many in our office as well, but it's a way for people to get that information quickly and not have to leave their place of business in order to do that. So I think that's that's great. And starting about 20 years ago or so, more and more companies started women's employee resource groups in the workplace. So what role do they play? They were started, as you said, Jill, they were started about 20 years ago. Um, many companies were on the cutting edge and in, in saying, uh, how can we uh, support our employees they started really as affinity networking groups. And what many organizations have seen since that time is that they can play a larger role. And so there's training that goes on, certainly networking that goes on. Um, but what we have also found, and we surveyed uh, nearly 500 professional women, many who are in women's employee resource groups, about what they value most in terms of professional development. What they indicated is that uh, that the time that they spend with their employee resource groups are limited by their schedule and availability. In right, fact, yeah. over nearly ninety percent of women said that. Um, so we know that while they meet certain needs, they may not be meeting all the needs. And the other thing that we found in the survey is. Um, some important facts is um, mentoring and advice from experts uh, and coaches are the highest valued form of professional development. Hmm. Okay. And the other thing we found is that women, when we're talking about the workplace and professional development and overcoming challenges, um, nearly 85% say that being able to participate anonymously is important, particularly when you're talking about online resources. So that indicates, too, that you can meet certain needs in certain ways. Nothing beats face-to-face, -face, but there's also certain needs that are not being met in that way, whether it's because of uh, the sensitivity of the issue or whether it's uh, a time and availability. And it's just finding a way to, to make that connection. Like you said, whatever it happens to be, it's just finding a way to for women to connect and, and to support and, and edify each other. Yeah. And 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 connect with what though too? Because right. there's connecting with each other and their uh, peer support is incredibly important. But that mentoring and access to experts and coaches is what Building Brave is focused on. And uh, in November we are launching our new app and that is 
becoming, it is all around being a mobile mentoring app. So mentoring is great, but it's, it can be limited about to those who have the connections Mm -hmm. and the time. And then it may not meet all the various needs, uh, that someone may have. Okay. Well, we have great organizations like Temple Milwaukee, uh, to connect women and the different things that we've been talking about, but how is building brave different and, and why is it needed? You talked about before just, uh, offering different ways that women can connect, but, uh, how is building brave different, uh, than a Temple Milwaukee in terms of connecting women? Well, Tempo's in a great organization, and I really admire the work that Jen does. I'm so glad that you're having her on the on the program here. Uh, they uh, do a lot, particularly around uh, connecting women face to face in the events and the the meetings, the workshops that they have. Building Brave looks to collaborate with groups and organizations that largely meet face-to-face and provide a mobile tool. So we're really a mobile app. How can we utilize the platform that we're building in order to deepen and broaden those connections? Although you do have seminars. I was just at one recently uh, down at the university club. So you have have those things going on. You have video series. I mean, there are other things that you offer, correct? We we do. Um, And our workshop series, we had uh, four in Milwaukee this year. We'll have four in Milwaukee next year and four in Madison uh, are a way that women can uh, access these tools. We videotape them in order to provide uh, online, interactive, high-quality workshops for our corporate partners. So it's a way, again, that women can connect. They can access these workshops right through their app uh, and be able to bring high-quality content right to their organization without ever having to leave uh, the building, and they can continue doing it at any time that works into their schedule. Okay, so I'm going to admit here, I am technologically challenged. I'm in that age group where I'm not, <laughs> not. I don't know how to get to a lot of places. You know, Google has been very helpful, but help our listeners to understand how they can get the app, how they can get access, Facebook page, contact information, like telephone numbers and that type of thing. The first thing is to go to our website, buildingbrave.org, and uh, sign up. There will be a pop-up window that asks, uh, that just asks for your email address, so you're the first to know when our app is live. Uh, so we want you to be the first to know uh, it's in November, and uh, and uh, we're excited about all the new tools that, that it brings. And that type of connection with resources, uh, with women mentors that, that women, many, aren't able to do. And then secondly is is social media, um, Facebook. Uh, we have a huge following, over 75,000 followers on Facebook, oh. uh, Instagram. We're posting new content every single day. Okay. So we can just go out and type in Bu- Building Brave or Alexa, you know, take me to Building Brave and, and they'll help us on our search. Okay. Well, thank you for being here, Mary. Appreciate it. Um, we had mentioned that there are great organizations in our area that allow women to get connected, as we've been talking about. In the next segment, we're going to learn about a nonprofit organization of CEOs that does exactly that and offers mentoring and opportunities to give back and helps shape the next generation of women leaders. Stay tuned to hear more. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
Welcome back. Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Jen Dirks, president of Tempo Milwaukee. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks so much, Jill. Pleasure to be here. We're happy to have you. You shared with me in a previous discussion that you were not necessarily looking for a career in the nonprofit world, but the things that Tempo stands for, you know, what they offer to women in leadership roles really resonated with you. Can you share with us how so? Sure. My, um, as you mentioned, my path to Temple Milwaukee was an unconventional one. I had started my career um, in a broadcasting position. So I was about 10 years as an executive producer and reporter at a couple of different stations across the Midwest, and then switched that into agency work and then went the corporate side. Found myself um, really what do I want to do for the rest of my life at the age of 41 and knew of Temple Milwaukee. In fact, I was on a board of another women's organization here in town called Professional Dimensions at the time, knew the great work that Temple was doing. I had, um, you know, really spent a lot of my time with Professional Dimensions. So when Temple called, it was for a position, the president and CEO was a new role. It was um, something that they had not considered before. They were looking for someone to take on the role that looked similar to their membership base of CEOs and executive women. They previously had had an executive director in the position at the time. And so um, interestingly enough, when the woman, the recruiter called me, she had often started to pick through my network and said, you know, who do you know fits this position or who do you, um, who can I go out and interview? So I had a list of women that I thought were right for this Temple Milwaukee role. And she said, I don't think you understand. We want you. (laughs) And so this was, you know, Mary talked a little bit about pushing out of your comfort zone. This was a major risk for me. I had not worked in the nonprofit space at all. I wasn't super comfortable. I had been given a budget to manage, but I had not, you know, had to start from scratch and here, you know, you develop the budget and you are suddenly the COO, the CEO, director of operations, all that kind of good stuff. But to your point, I mean, the, the mission of Temple Milwaukee in terms of advocating, elevating, and accelerating for women really spoke to me. Our mission is to further the impact of women leaders in our community. And so that certainly had a lot of interest. Um, Certainly the board, I think, was interested in my marketing and communications background, but also the strategy that I brought and what can we do to further this impact for women leaders in our community. So a little bit about Temple Milwaukee and just a brief history. We have been around for 43 years. Mm -hmm. So this concept of furthering the impact, it's a mission that has been around for the last 43 years. And it started with four women that found themselves in a boardroom full of white males. No one that looked like them, no one that acted like them. Um, they didn't have, you know, best practices or they were kind of in their own little world in terms of the challenges that they faced as a female in that executive role. So they formed Temple Milwaukee, again, um, started to bring in come keynote speakers and do a little bit of programming. Fast forward 43 years, we are about 350 members strong mm-hmm. of CEOs and women executives that have re- really reached that um, high level uh, caliber of their career, but are looking for women that are like them. And so we have stayed true to that. It is a nomination-based membership organization. So we look to our members to bring us their best and their brightest. But we are really looking for those women that have carved out that executive or that CEO role within their community or within their organization. 
Okay. Well, uh, not only did Tempo Milwaukee speak to you then from a professional standpoint, as you, as you shared, but it also had a way to feed your soul through their charitable arm. So can you tell us about the foundation piece of sure, Temple Milwaukee? Sure, absolutely, yeah. So Temple Milwaukee is really uh, well-known in the community for its um, charitable arm, and specifically through giving back. So we developed a foundation in about 1990, where it started out with our individuals, our members, contributing to a cause. And that cause was giving scholarships to young female um, undergraduates from a four, from a four year college um, in Wisconsin, and so we over the years collected a, quite a bit of um, money and contributions from individuals. And then when our organization profited from an event, um, all of that money would then go back into our foundation. So we kind of started to look um, about four years ago when I joined the organization that what could we do more to have an impact in the community. Aside from these scholarships for these undergraduate females, is there something more that Temple Milwaukee could do? And we have never, never dictated or advocated for what how our women spend their charitable time. We know that they do. They're involved in so many nonprofit organizations. Uh, they're volunteering. They're giving money. And we don't want to be that necessarily that source to say, you need to put your money here. Mm-hmm. We kind of let them do um, where they wanted to what they wanted to do with their money. But we were sitting on a, a little bit of a, a you know, um, some so donations and contributions that had added up over the years. So we thought about, okay, what are we known for? And one of those was continuing education. So giving back to the community through a grant that we just announced last year, a continuing education grant, $15,000, went to two women that one was a Temple member and one happened to be a non-Temple member that just heard about this grant um, application and grant form. And what it was, we weren't necessarily looking for continuing education from a getting your master's degree or your PhD or, you know, um, continuing your studies with that, but uh, going to a week-long sales, uh, you know, um, training or I want to get um, this certificate that will really help me to advance my career. And so we sent two women um, to a school. One is up going up to um, Michigan to take a really uh, in-depth and pretty rigorous uh, HR course. And then there is another woman that is going to the UW-Madison to get a certificate for to continue her, her job as well. So that continuing education grant was really, really something that, again, helped us put a stake and let's give back to the community for women. That's that's a great program. And actually, it speaks to the leadership, you know, aspect of Agreed. it. You know, you're helping these women to continue in that leadership role. You know, we read statistics that uh, that say that the presence of more female leaders in top management correlates to increased profitability. And companies with women in board positions outperform those that don't. And an interesting fact was that Norway, Sweden, and France have the highest percentage of board seats filled by women. I thought that was interesting. Wouldn't we all like to live there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll go there. Yeah, that sounds nice. Um, but this this thinking supports the positive link between women in leadership positions and corporate performance. So stay tuned to hear how Temple Milwaukee is contributing to those statistics. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Jen Dirks from Tempo, Milwaukee. So we said before the break that women in leadership roles contribute significantly to corporate performance. Uh, One report I read from an executive summary from MSCI said that the return on equity is 10.1% per year in companies with strong female leadership compared to 7.4% in those without female leadership. You're helping by offering women opportunities to contribute to that, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at the stats, I mean, we have a ways to go in terms of getting women into those leadership roles and to promote um, executive leadership from across the board. But I think um, one of the ways that Tempo is really helping that is we really stand on three pillars. So we have leadership, networking, and then mentoring. So let me talk a little bit about the leadership perspective. So we are looking at, again, that top layer of women, that those that have reached that executive level, and how are they collaborating with one another? How are they sharing best practices with one another? They want to get into a room, so when they come to our Temple Milwaukee programs, they see another person that's like them, that has reached that high level of executives. So, But beyond that is really then, how do you charge that back to your organization and say, you know, what are you doing, my organization, my company, to promote women into this executive level? Um, position. I'm a shining example of that, but what can you do? How are we bringing up that next generation? So if you think about when I mentioned 43 years ago that we started with four women and we've accelerated to 350 women today, we are averaging about 75 women per year for the last four years that are coming into our organization. That has not always been the case. We were very, we kind of leveled off for a while because there weren't companies that believed in promoting women to those executive levels. And so I think I'm really um, encouraged by those numbers, the 75 um, women that have joined our organization, that organizations are taking notice of these statistics and saying, we do need women at that top level. We do need decision makers. Um, Women are, you know, responsible for um, creating a lot of um, uh, autonomy and um, empathy within their organizations. And I think all of those characteristics are really helping to build our organization. We, interestingly enough, when I came on board, uh, we had a membership cap at 275. And I was a little kind of disturbed by that, honestly. Um, But it was something that had always, it was tradition. I think um, our founding members really thought that they wanted our organization to be exclusive and that, you know, we really wanted to cultivate kind of the, the quality versus quantity concept. But I guess I argued with, if we have more than 275 women that are reaching that executive level and that meet our criteria, why aren't we embracing them? Right. Let's right. bring them into our organization. And so we blew that 275, <laughs> you know, membership, yeah, you know, criteria out of the way. And so those numbers have grown and it continues to grow. So, so that's leadership perspective. I think networking certainly talks to um, just women at that level in their career being able to network with one another. You walk into a professional development session or a workshop or a monthly program at Temple Milwaukee, the energy is incredible. You know, women that want to be around their peers and be able to talk with them, network with them, um, have like-minded conversations with them. 
And then finally, and probably the one uh, Temple was probably most known for and where I'm most proud of is our mentoring concept. So Mary really talked a lot about um, how women play a huge role, men men as well, in terms of mentoring and bringing up that next generation. So within Temple Milwaukee, we have what we call our mentor circles. And I could argue that maybe it's not necessarily mentoring if you're at that same level because the true definition of a mentor is somebody that mentors a mentee. Um, So if you're at the same level, maybe it's not necessarily um, mentoring one another, another. but these are mentor circles that are about eight to 10 um, women uh, members, and it's their own personal board of directors. I have no idea what's discussed. Um, it's very confidential. We do conflict checks, you know, in terms of are we putting women that, um, you know, maybe are in the same industry that it might be a conflict of interest type of thing. But they meet monthly and they share both personal and professional growth and challenges and opportunities. And for those that are, it's about a third of our membership that are involved and they say it's the greatest benefit to being part of Temple Milwaukee. I wish I could have that. (laughs) I can't right now, but, um, you know, just the opportunity to share with other women that have reached that um, level. And then we also gave really... um, a better and greater definition to mentoring when we launched our Emerging Women Leaders um, about two years ago. So, and I'm going to try not to crack my voice because I get so emotional and supercharged about this, but um, we were having women that were being nominated to Temple Milwaukee, and they were right on the cusp of at that leadership role, maybe not quite the partner level, maybe not at that C-suite, and we were turning them away, and it really didn't feel good. Um, Here we are, you know, an organization around furthering the impact of women leaders, and we're turning women away. These were rock stars. These were women that were right at the middle management of their career. They were the rising stars. So we started um, a separate almost like a future generation of Temple Milwaukee called our Emerging Women Leaders. We started with 40 women. Again, we looked to our Temple Milwaukee members to nominate who was in their um, network that fit the criteria, six to eight years, middle management career, up-and-comer, community involvement was really big. And we have grown in uh, about three years uh, to over 100. And we have about 100, 100 or 100 women on a waiting list as well to to be nominated for this next class for the end of this year. So wow. I was going to gonna me, say it's kind of like that 40 under 40, correct. right? The Biz yeah. Journal, except Absolutely. yours is 100 and, yeah, and we growing. Have, yeah, we have a lot of them. And to me, that only speaks to, not only speaks to kind of what Temple Milwaukee, women that join the Emerging Women Leaders are really looking to possibly be a Temple Milwaukee member one day. And they aspire to be on that uh, career path. But for women at um, within the Emerging Women Leaders, there's a need for that. There's an environment for that, that um, women of like minds, similar to what Tempo um, was when they started 43 years ago, that they need to be amongst their peers and to kind of share best practices and challenges. And these are new moms. These are women that are transitioning from one role to the next. And how do you balance work life? So all of that good stuff. Um, and that has really been a true joy to see this um, evolve and just really expand like it did. I imagine. I mean, you've got uh, quite a a number of things going on and quite the success story at Temple Milwaukee. Tell us what you're most proud of during those four years that you've been with them. Yeah, I would have to say, so the Emerging Women Leaders, for sure, it's the community involvement. Um, I think that we have not necessarily stood as an advocate 
advocacy group. We have never taken a political side or been kind of on that route. But um, I think the environment right now, and um, I, I think Mary would probably agree with me, for, for women and having that confidence and displaying that confidence, it's right now. I mean, there is such a resurgence and kind of this evolution of how women can find their voice within the workplace. And so one of the proudest things that, or most proud things that we did um, this past year was to take a response to the Me Too movement. And so we, um, you know, it was interesting because people asked me, well, why did you decide to do that? And you've never really come out and advocated for a, a voice or necessarily, but um, I was home for Thanksgiving, and my dad, you know, this was right at the start when the all of the news was breaking, all the headlines were coming out, and my dad had said, as the leading women's organization in Milwaukee, what are you doing? And I sat back and I said, we aren't, aren't doing anything, you know, and we haven't really addressed this. And he's like, well, don't you think, you know, that you owe it to your members, you owe it to the business community? And he really put a spark under me. And I came back and we had a discussion with our communications committee and we started a survey and it was really, we we wanted the results to um, really open the eyes to the business community that this is not just a Hollywood issue, that it's happening right in our backyard. And what are we doing? So we surveyed our members and the results were really incredible. 68% of those that were surveyed said that they had been sexually harassed at one time in their career from our members. And so we got a lot of a lot of coverage from that and a lot of speaking engagements and a lot of just going out there and advocating on behalf of women in the Milwaukee business community well we uh you're certainly doing a great job in all the things that you're involved in we thank you for all that you're doing to support nurture and grow women in leadership roles in the milwaukee area can you just share real quickly contact information sure so you can go to our the best place to go is templemilwaukee.org um, or shoot us an e- uh, email at info at templemilwaukee.org. We can answer any questions. Give us a call, 414-301-6680. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. We will be there for you. One more time on that phone number. That was real quick. Yep, <laughs> 414-301-6680, Temple right. Milwaukee. Awesome, thank you. Well, I want to thank my guests today, Mary Burke from Building Brave and Jen Dirks from Temple Milwaukee. Thank you both for all you do to bring empowerment to women in our community. If you'd like further information about the people or the organizations that we talked to today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com and listen to these great podcasts. You can also ask Alexa by simply saying, Alexa, play WISN AM 1130, or you can tune in via the iHeart Radio app. Join us again in two weeks as we talk with other inspiring guests who will share information about how they're having an impact and making a difference regarding issues that affect our community. We hope that this will inspire you to make a difference and get involved with a local nonprofit in your community and bless someone in some way. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great weekend.